Alrighty, welcome to Verdi Talk. This is Jordan Reese. Um, hopefully, had a good week so far. It is an awesome week for me because it is December Eve. Christmas is my favorite holiday season. Um, I celebrate it from November 1st to December 31st, and I count those two extra days after it because I have to clean up the Christmas decorations and put them away. And um, so it's a, it's awesome for me, but hopefully you could say the same, even if you don't like Christmas. But we're just going to uh, jump right in. The two stories, sometimes, I'm going to be honest, sometimes it's hard to find a story to comment on. But the two I'm about to talk about were, it was just boom. I already know what to say. Um, so I don't know if you watched Sister Sisters growing up, but I did. And so did my wife. And um, so the story kind of saddens me that she would do something like this. Um, Maori, Tia Maori. Uh, but let me show you what she said. It's written by Amanda Harding from the Daily Wire. And the title is, it's about self-love, quote. Actress Tia Maori reveals why she chose to divorce husband of 14 years. And this was written November 17th, 2022. Sister, sister, alum Tia Maori recently filed for divorce from her husband of 14 years. And now she's opening up about the moment that led to her decision. The 44-year-old actress made the revelation during an appearance on the Today Show. Maori shares two children with Corey Hardicht, but said her awakening... That's already something that already reveals. You don't need a discerning of spirits to see that. And if you do, then maybe that's what you need. Her awake, awakening, which led to their breakup, was entirely self-focused. Another indication. I knew when I really started to focus on my happiness, the former Disney star said. I feel like women, we tend to focus on everybody else's happiness, making sure that everybody else is okay meaning our children, our friends, our family. But at the end of the day, it's about self-love. I, you've probably heard that in the world from movie stars or whatever, and, and her too, but self-love. You got to take care of self. Before I comment on that, let me keep reading. Uh, she continued, when you start to really work on yourself, love yourself, know your value and know your worth, then all of a sudden there's this awakening. And it's not easy. It's a hard journey. But at the end of the day, I feel like it is so, so worth it. Uh, Maori also said two deaths in her family, plus being in therapy, helped her realize that her happiness should become a central focus of life. And supposedly, she's a Christian. I don't Well, there's twins. So I don't know if the other one's the Christian or both of them are Christian, whatever. But apparently, she didn't go to church. Uh, Maori explained, there was just an aha moment in me where I said, you know what? We need to tap in, see what's really going on with your happiness. Life is short. Let's go. Let's start working on you and really focus on what really, really matters here, which is at the end of the day, your peace, your joy, and your happiness. So I'm just going to stop there. Oh, she also said her divorce was a gr like a graduation. Uh, I'll read that. Let me read this last part and then I'll comment. 
My marriage was a success, she told today. I look at it as like a curriculum when you're in college or high school. You're learning, you're growing, you're evolving, you're creating. I was able to create with Corey some beautiful, amazing children. At the end of that curriculum, there's a graduation. There's a celebration. So that's basically how I'm looking at it right now. Okay. So there's so many wrong things that she said about her situation. And... The devil wants to get you into the arena of self. There's, def- there's other devices he likes to use, but he likes to get the focus on you. Your focus should always be on God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and on his word. That's where your focus should be. And you won't really focus on yourself because you're focusing on God and who, are, who you are in Jesus. But the devil wants you to get focused on self and what's important to you and your flesh. And so apparently she fell for that trap. And so let me read Galatians 2.20 to um, debunk this. I guess this spills into rightly divide, but Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not, not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So when you're, let's just take marriage out of this story for a second. So let's just say you're single. Self-love is not a Christian doctrine. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't take care of yourself, uh, you know, eating right, um, not putting yourself in dangerous situations, yada, 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 okay? I'm not saying don't be unwise and be dumb about that. Um, but what I'm saying is at least what um, t- I believe Tia, I want to say it was Tia. Yeah, Tia Maori. Okay, so I want to make sure I got that right. Tia Maori. She didn't even say she was in an abusive relationship. She didn't say, oh, he sucks, he's this, he's that. He said, she said, uh, let let me reread what she said. She said, uh, my marriage was a success. I was able to create some, uh, with Corey, some beautiful, amazing children. So what was this awakening? Why... How does this involve her self-love? Um, but anyways, getting out of marriage again. When you're a Christian, you are not your own anymore. You're Christ. You're a servant of Christ. You're a slave to Christ. All you are is in him at that point. Once you become saved, you're like, who am I? How do I love myself? It's in Christ. And that's what you have to study and look up. For yourself. Here's another one. Matthew 16, 24. Then said Jesus to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So this idea of self-love is not biblical. I have to think about myself. No, that's not how it works in the scriptures. We are supposed to love God 
love others. I'm not going to get into the specifics like, oh, God, church family. In general, love God and love others, which means you have to put yourself down in order to put others up. And again, I'm, let, let me be clear. For example, let's just get specific. If you have a family to take care of and you say, I have to love others and you give all your money away, you don't have enough money for rent and food and whatnot. That's not, that's not a good idea. Um, you know, oh, I'm going to give my house away. I'm going to give my car away uh, because I have to put others up. Um, God needs you to get to places and he wants you to have a place to live. Doesn't mean you can't offer your place for people to stay, but to say, oh, I'm giving my car away and giving my clothes away. God want, doesn't want you to be naked. You can't be a witness or show God's love if you're naked, don't have a car to get places or a place to live. Um, God, God wants you to have those things so that you can be a witness. Um, God says in his word, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. But, but in general, self-love Self-love gets you into problems because when you love self, then you'll have a relationship with yourself, but not others. If you want relationships like in a marriage, a friendship, um, other, you know, family, in order to have relationships, you have to have love towards them and love involves sacrificing self if you only sacrifice for yourself you're only going to have a relationship with yourself and that means you're a weirdo because you'll just be talking yourself you only have a relationship with yourself but if you have relationship with others it means that you love them and are willing to sacrifice to make that relationship work so now, getting to marriage specifically, it says in Romans chapter 7, verse 2 to 3, For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband, so long as he lives. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. So, and some guys will say that and say, see, that's only for the woman. No, that applies to the man too. If the woman... If your woman's not dead, that means you can't be going sleeping around. If So that means that you need to be faithful and stay married to your wife. So it's, you know, equal, wife and husband. You need to stay faithful to whoever you marry and made a covenant with. Verse 3 of Romans 7. So then if while her husband lives, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. So what am I, why am I bringing this up? Because marriage is not a one-year, five-year, 20-year commitment. It is a commitment until you're dead. It is a commitment until, I don't say forever. Some, you know, uh, some Christians say to their spouses, um, yeah, we're married forever. Uh, I'm married to you forever. That's not biblical. Um, it's a romantic thing to say. You can say, man, I'm going to be with you forever. But 
realistically, if I'm dead, I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> and you're still, uh, um, I believe I said this to my wife one time. I said, uh, if I'm dead, if I'm gone, feel free to go with someone else because you made a covenant just for life. If you choose to remain single, that's on you. But um, I know I, I'm the best thing that ever happened to you, but, um, and you don't want anyone else. But what I'm saying is if you, if I'm gone, you're not under any obligation to be, stay faithful to me anymore because I'm in heaven now. And if you want to be a son, you can. So, um, but, but when you make that promise, see the problem with a lot of marriages is they don't realize that marriage, when you get married, it is a covenant, not before the people. There's that public aspect about that. But when you make a, uh, when you get married, it is a covenant before God and you're not supposed to break promises to God, especially in this aspect of marriage. You tell God, I promise to stay married. I promise to, you know, and your, the vows you make in the marriage. Promise to stay faithful to your husband or wife. I promise to do this for her or him, yada, yada, yada. Uh, you know, just look up vows. Or if you've been married or been married before, you already know. Um, so this is a covenant before God. This is a promise before God. And if you're not ready to make that promise and stay faithful to that promise, then don't get married. I am assuming that Tia and her husband, until the divorce is final, um, I'm pretty sure they started off good. They said, we're going to stay married to each other for the rest of our lives. And they start off good. But somewhere in that 14 years, the devil got into one of their heads. I'm assuming hers because she's the one more public about it. The devil tried to convince her that that because you're not happy it's because of your marriage and that you have to get a divorce to be married see the devil wants you to get into arena of i'm not happy it's because of something biblical the devil wants you to be have happiness but he doesn't want you to have the biblical joy think about that for a second the devil is okay and works within the arena of happiness, but he doesn't work in the arena of joy because joy is spiritual. When someone says you just won a million dollars and you have an overwhelming feeling of happiness, that's not joy. That's your flesh feeling a sense of, of happiness because you're like, now I can buy this new house. Now I can do this. Now I can do that. Joy is spiritual because joy can be had even in a difficult circumstance. Happiness you can't have in difficult circumstances because then you're thinking about, oh, I'm in this situation, so I don't really feel happy. But joy can be in the good times and the bad times. So the devil convinced Tia of happiness. Don't let the... Uh, of that fleshly aspect of happiness, especially in a marriage, because 
If you've been married a long time, you know that you're not always going to feel happy in a marriage. You're not always going to feel, oh my gosh, it feels so good to be in this. No. If you've been married a long time, you know that. But you can have joy in the midst of times that you're not having good times in your marriage because you know that that God's going to come through and you just got to fulfill your part of the marriage. You have to forgive and keep at it. And you can have joy in the midst of those hard times in your marriage. She's not really saying what she was experiencing um, that caused her to think this way. Um, we're just going, I can only go off of what she said. And apparently all she said was, I just don't feel happy. She didn't complain about her husband or say anything about her husband. Maybe she's just um, thinking about him and not putting him in the public light and, and to not embarrass him. But like I said, we can only go off what she said. And so um, don't, 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 let's just speak on marriage for a second. Don't think that because I'm, I'm unhappy in my marriage that I have to leave the marriage or oh, I just have to go with someone else and then I'll feel happy again. Again, the devil wants you to focus on happiness, which is an experience in the flesh, but, uh, let, let me rewind, sorry, <laughs> it's 10.30 or 10.21. The devil wants you to get into happiness because then you'll get in your flesh. He doesn't want you to get the spiritual gift or the spiritual, sorry, the spiritual fruit of joy because that joy is only experienced in Jesus. And if he can get you into happiness, that means he's gonna focus on yourself. Once you focus on Jesus and get joy, then you won't focus on self. So anyways, I want to get too far into that. But anyways, uh, the second thing I wanted to talk about, um, and if you get a chance, pray for that marriage and let her get, get some sense knocked into her because she's not being wise or smart. So the second one is with Chris Hemsworth. I guess it's just celebrity uh, night. Both involve celebrities. Um, anyways, so this one's with Chris Hemsworth. And no, I'm not going to talk about Thor. Um, I'm just going to talk about something he said. So this is also apparently written by Amanda Harding, um, November 17th. Uh, it says, the title is Chris Hemsworth Confronts Mortality After Discovering Genetic Predisposition for Alzheimer's Disease and by The Daily Wire. It says, actor Chris Hemsworth is thinking about his own mortality after receiving news that he's genetically predispos predisposed to eventually developing Alzheimer's, a condition which also affected his grandfather. The 39-year-old Limitless star made the comments during a recent interview with Vanity Fair. Most of us, we like to avoid speaking about death, Hemsworth told the publication. Then to all of a sudden be told some big indicators are actually pointing to this as the root which is going to happen, the reality of it sinks in, your own mortality. <clears throat> the the Australian-born actor has two copies of the gene APOE4, which makes him eight to ten times more likely to develop Alzheimer's in the future. He's part of an estimated two to three percent of the population carrying a copy of the gene for both parents. Alzheimer's is a progressive type of dementia that affects memory, 
thinking and behavior. Um, I feel like my memory is getting worse. The actor told Vanity Fair, it's a placebo effect or it's taking place. It's my excuse now. So this is a, a sad thing to think about with um, Chris Hemsworth. It's sad if you don't have Christ to think like this, like to say, man, I guess I am going to get this and eventually die of this. That can be a depressing thought. And that's why I pray, I pray there's people around him that are Christian and will witness to him and pray for him. But I want you to... I, Pray for him. So pray for, yeah, pray for these celebrities in general. You need to pray for the, these celebrities because they need God, especially with the stuff that's happening with Kanye West right now. You might say, are you team Kanye? I'm not team any celebrity, but I am for praying for celebrities and um, witnessing to them and counseling. Um, I'm not in a position, maybe one day, Jesus name, but I'm not in a position to talk to these people. But there are people who could and need to step up and speak the word and prophesy to them. But, but don't, if you're a Christian, and let's just say you're in this position. If you're a Christian, and let's just say it's any disease or any type of thing that's involving death. Listen, to, listen. Psalm 91.16 says, with long Life will I satisfy him and shew him my salvation. So if the doctor gives you this type of report or whoever gives you this type of report, again, this is a sad thing for him and someone needs to witness him so he gets born again and then he can get taught this revelation. But don't get this idea in your head that you have to think that way too. The idea that, well, I got this, so I guess I'm going to die. We're all eventually going to die unless the rapture happens. So I'm not denying the fact that as a Christian, that I'm, I'm not denying the fact I'm going to die one day. But the Bible says, with long life, I will be satisfied. And what does satisfy mean? It means to gratify wants, wishes, or desires to the full extent, to supply possession or enjoyment till no more is desired. What does that mean concerning the scripture? I will not be satisfied until I have the longest life possible. I am not going to, and I'm declaring this over this video right now. I am not dying at 30. I'm not dying at 40. I'm not dying at 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. And once I get to 100, you know what? Add to 100 even longer. I am not just going to, I've said this to myself and um, to my wife. I said, I'm not just going to accept any type of sickness and take it lying down. The Bible says we are healed. And the Bible also says that Second uh, Timothy chapter two, verses one and three. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And the Bible talks about the good fight of faith. We don't just accept any sickness. It doesn't matter how 
great it is in our minds, or excuse me, or how small it is. I've heard some Christians say, "Oh, it's just a cold." You know, I don't care. I'm not going to really fight. I'm not going to pray over it. It's just some small cold. I don't want any type of sickness. I don't want any type of sickness. You as a Christian should not accept any type of sickness. And um, I refuse to t- take a sick day because of sickness, like for my job. I refuse it. And you should too. Um, you, you're not supposed to take any type of sickness lying down. You're supposed to fight because you're healed. And you might say, well, I said I'm healed. I believe it, but I'm still, the sickness still attacking. Then fight. Have you ever seen a fight? Do you, th- okay. I'm a fan of UFC. I love UFC. Um, I haven't watched it lately, so I can't say I'm a huge fan. I want to be a huge fan because I love UFC. Um, maybe I'll watch if there's one this month. But <clears throat> I have seen a lot of fights, and not all UFC fights are within the, uh, the, the... A fighter doesn't win in the first five seconds. There are knockouts that happen in the first round or the first minute. There are those fights. But there are some fights that are won over minutes or long periods of time or all three rounds or whatever there's those type of fights and then the person they'll say um by unanimous decision so and so won you know you've seen them if you haven't seen ufc well look it on youtube and you'll see what i'm talking about but not every fight's won in the first five minutes not every fight's won in the first round there are some fights that you need to keep fighting and you will win. You've already won. The Bible says he's given us the victory in Christ Jesus. You already won. Just realize it and you're, you won. That's it. Fight. You're not a soldier. If You can't be a soldier in the U.S. Army if you're not willing to endure the, the trials and tribulations. I'll have to have a special guest come on. I know a couple of soldiers that are in the army and I, sh- I should have them on and we can talk about it. But you can't be a wimp and be a soldier. You can only be a wimp or a soldier if you're going to be a Christian. You're going to be a wimpy soldier or you're going to be, or you're not, you're going to be a wimpy Christian or you're going to be a soldier Christian. And so don't be a wimp. If you are one, you say, well, guilty as charged. I'm a wimp. Okay. Then Get strong and get into the word and pray and become a soldier in Christ. Um, and so, um, yeah, those are the two scriptures with long life. So before, besides fighting, before you can even believe that you're going to make it, if you get hit with like cancer or something, you need to believe that God wants you to have a long life. I'm literally showing you this right now. All the patriarchs in the Old Testament had a long life. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob had a long, full life. Oh, well, they didn't live like hundreds of years like in Genesis. Yeah, they didn't. But they lived a long and satisfying life. When they got to the point where they were going to die, they were satisfied. They weren't attacked. They didn't die in sickness or in a war or whatever. They got to the fullest extent and they said, okay, they knew, I, I knew, they knew they're going. So, um, I know there's Christians that, um, have, have made, not made fun of, but, um, and not discredited. I can't think of the word. You probably know the word, but, but 
have talked smack. <laughs> I like to talk educated and I like to talk college words, but that's all I can think of right now. But there's Christians that like to talk smack on on people. It's basically the people that, that speak faith and whatnot, which they come from a good place. But there's some people and patriarchs in the faith that said, you know what, I'm done. And they said, see, you know, you should have fought. But there's some Christians who have fought and have, I'm not saying people who die of cancer or anything. I'm just saying there's people who have lived a long life and they say, you know what, I'm done. And shortly after they go to heaven. I've, I've heard cases like that. And I have people in my life that have said that. They said, you know what, I, I think I'm ready to go. And they went. And I guess they were satisfied. But you shouldn't be satisfied with just, you know, 30 years, 40 years. You should push and push for the longest possible. Um, but anyways, I'll end it right there. Um, don't miss John Feldhouse's um, next episode. Um, he's honestly, he he he's like a human encyclopedia or something. And I like how he relates everything to the word. He's he's really good. I'm glad he he I'm humbled that he joined the team. Um, so don't miss his episode of Epic Gnosis on Friday and um, Ryan's show. <coughs> excuse me. Do tell. Um, she really likes she's she if you haven't noticed, she likes to tell stories from the word and then personal. And it's because she's a minister for um, children. And those are preachers as well. Oh, um, she she talks, uh, she preaches to children. Oh, she just works in the Sunday school. Um, children's ministers are ministers, and she she's really anointed to do that. But um, that spills over into her show do tell, and she likes to. Um, um, she's really good at that what she does, and she has a good show. So don't miss that on Saturday. We will keep you updated on the page about our next um, table talk. It's going to be really good. It's It was fun last time. And I'm looking forward to that. But anyways, we will see you this Friday. God bless you. <laughs>